Live and local. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Good afternoon and welcome. Hope you're having a spectacular Tuesday, April 4th, the year 2023. The college basketball season has officially come to a close with the Yukon Huskies cutting down the nets in Houston the day after the LSU Tigers did the same in Dallas. And now both are going to be invited to the White House. And no, 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 Jill Biden, you walked it back. Very erroneous statement on your part. LSU will be invited to the White House. No mention of Iowa because that caused another stir that was unnecessary and totally ridiculous. It's not the age where everybody gets a participation trophy. Spoils go to the victor. Plain and simple. Um, With that in mind, um, let's get busy. We have a busy show planned for you and yours. So without further ado, my main man, James Mesh, in the producer's chair inside the EFCO Development Studios. EFCO Development is a civil construction company that specializes in multifamily construction. He's on the campus of Delta Media, where you'll find KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. Move west to KLCJ, where we're proud to be on 1041 in Lake Charles. We're streaming around the world, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And if you happen to be in the Acadiana area, you can turn your television set on because we are simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. Did you miss the headlines of the day? Not to worry. The Blonde Bomber has you covered. Here is Holtberg's headlines. Just too good, too deep, too talented. UConn, five for five when it comes to national championship opportunities. They get there, they win it. The fourth time in their five national championships, they won it in the state of Texas. They did it in a variety of ways. They matched San Diego State defensively, and they just had more skilled players offensively. Dan Hurley gets the win and gets the championship, as Jim Calhoun did several times, Kevin Ollie did, and now Dan Hurley. And I don't think UConn's going anywhere, anywhere. Just one day after the the president's wife said, hey, you know, we'd love to have LSU come to the White House, and we'd also love to have Iowa. Um, Well, those ideas have come to a screeching halt. The press secretary to the first lady posted on Twitter that Biden looks forward to welcoming the LSU women's basketball team to the White House after they defeated the Hawkeyes 102-85 in the NCAA Women's Basketball Championship. President Biden came on and said, we look forward to having LSU join us along with UConn as the national champions. So um, 
Kim Mulkey agreed that they would go. Several players said, ah, can we go to Michelle Obama's house to celebrate uh, our championship? Um, teams crowned champions are traditionally invited to the White House. It's a tradition that dates back to the 1800s, but Biden's proposal to invite both teams would have broken precedent and is a ridiculous thing to even think about. So we move on. We move on. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit uh, about this women's basketball team, and we'll talk about the scouting report that LSU devised for Iowa. Associate head coach Bob Starkey will join us in just a few minutes to discuss all of that. We have a Houston Astros baseball game tomorrow, so we will be off the air. So we moved hump day with Huguenin to a Tuesday as we'll break down the Yukon Huskies and their national championship run. It was nice to see Jim Nance go out in the classy style that he, uh, that he did. Thank you all for being my friends. So that that was terrific. Um, he now heads off to Augusta, where it's the champions dinner tonight, the part three contest on Wednesday, and then they tee it up for real on Thursday. Former PGA golfer, former LSU golfer Bob Friend will join us at three o'clock for a primer on this year's Augusta National Masters Championship. And then, of course, on a Tuesday, it's always the Black and Gold Report with the Saints News Network's Bob Rose. LSU baseball back on the diamond tonight against Nichols State. Um, you can't ever take a team lightly, but LSU certainly focusing on getting rid of this one and getting ready to travel to Columbia, South Carolina for a huge SEC matchup with the 8-1 and one Gamecocks of South Carolina starting on Thursday. Uh, as you heard in the two-minute drill, the Pels back in action tonight against the Sacramento Kings. And with the national championship game going on last night, no no games in the NBA. They they kind of tip their hat and let the let the young kids get their say. Right now, the Pels still in the eighth spot, tied with the Lakers at 40 and 38, a half a game behind the fifth place Clippers, a half a game behind the sixth place Golden State Warriors. Sacramento, we'll see. Um, if De'Aaron Fox plays, who who will, who won't, they're currently in the third seed. They're not going to catch Memphis, who is at the second seed. They're not going to fall to Phoenix, who's in the fourth seed. So we'll see what Sacramento, how they handle this one. Big opportunity for the Pels, who've won seven of their last ten, including two in a row. They score 114 points a game, give up 112 for a plus 2.1 differential, which is the fourth best in the Western Conference. So we'll see. And every day that goes by, maybe they're a day closer to Zion Williamson uh, returning to the norm. So we'll see. Hendon Hooker um, set to be hosted by the New Orleans Saints today. Uh, what does that mean? I, I think it means um, a fact-finding mission. You get a chance to see um, his injury and get a medical update on him up close and personal, and then you see what happens down the road. 
I don't think Hendon Hooker is going to be around late. I think if he has a good positive medical report, I think somebody's going to pick him in the first round. I really, really do. Um, there's your headlines. Uh, Iowa's Caitlin Clark wins the Wooden Award as college basketball's best player. No question about that. Uh, um, Tigers paired with Hovland and Shoffley at the Masters. He says, I don't know how many Masters I have left. I'm going to enjoy every minute of it. So we'll go over some mock drafts with Bob Rose. we got a lot on the plate, but I want to get to our first guest quickly. Uh, Bob Starkey, the associate head coach, was there during all the Sue Gunner and Pokey Chapman final fours. He was part of Dale Brown's staff. He's finally got his ring. We'll talk about the scouting report that he devised and find out maybe what's the most misconceived notion about Kim Mulkey. That's coming your way next. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. You want to see those Astros in person? Well, you're in luck because the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with our first Astros weekend getaway of the season. Houston takes on the Texas Rangers on Saturday, April 15th, and you can be there. Register in the Game Reward Club at 1037thegame.com to score four tickets, a tour of Minute Maid Park, and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. Astros weekend getaways powered by Butcher AC, Lay Meridian, Houston downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update. Presented by Tibbs Trailers here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. And we are back. 15 minutes after the hour. The celebration continues. A parade and more coming your way very, very soon. Um, he was a mainstay uh, back in the day with LSU's first five runs to the final four. And now he's back and he's got a ring as an assistant coach. So thrilled and so happy for one Bob Starkey, who's kind enough to join us now. Uh, Bob, um, <laughs> Sunday must seem like um, a long time ago, but the revelry continues. How are you feeling today? Well, Jordy, I feel great. I mean, it's um, it's kind of it's still kind of a surreal feeling. It's still kind of kind of setting in. You know, we got so many things coming our way for our kids to be able to celebrate the the great victory. It's 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 been exciting to see how the community has has uh, acted. I mean, everybody's so happy. Certainly, you're happy for your kids and the program, your alumni. But what Jordy, you know this as well as anybody. There's something special about Baton Rouge and winners. And when yes. LSU wins national championships, what they've done and and just about every sport, uh, the community really gets fired up. It's been really neat to see. Uh, we saw how Kim was reacting with about a minute and 15, 30 seconds to go in the ball game. We didn't get to see you. What was going through your mind when you looked up at that clock and at the score and you went, oh, my gosh, we are national champions. I'll be honest with you. The very first thing that went through my mind were the former players. Because we had we had about twenty five former players that made the trip to Dallas and that's awesome. Uh, we had pep assemblies with former players when our kids come out of the hotel. There's Tamika Johnson, Simone Augustus, Keisha. I mean, they were just all there, 
And it really is a testimony to Kim. I mean, one of the first things Kim did was to get those former players back involved with the program and make them feel a part. And for all the things they've done, you know, they planted the seeds. They planted Mm -hmm. the seeds of the fruits that uh, we harvested on Sunday. And that was just the first thing I was thinking. I was so happy for them. That's awesome. Bob Starkey with us. You mentioned Kim. Uh, we see her with the um, the fire, the enthusiasm, the aggressive way and manner in which she coaches, the flair of the attire in which she goes about her business. What's the biggest misconception? Because people want to know, what's she really all about? She, I, I, I think, I think, you know, I mean, I, I, she's just the most realest person I've ever been around. She's She's as passionate about basketball as she is eating crawfish or listening to country <laughs> music. Uh, she is, um, she's just a high energy person. You know, she wakes up with the on switch on full blast. I might get a text at six o'clock in the morning, uh, maybe a phone call at 11 o'clock at night. And, and it, it just doesn't stop. She's just always on the thing that I hope people understand is how much she loves and truly understands this state and its culture. You know, everybody yeah. thinks about Baylor. She did. She's a Louisiana girl at heart, and and it her tears were because she wanted to do something special for this state. And that's the thing I want everybody to know is how much she loves LSU and how much she loves Louisiana. These things are so hard to come by, and to do it in the second year is is an absolute unbelievably remarkable occurrence uh you win in the semifinals it's a quick turnaround you're the you're the guy that comes up with the game plan what in your film study of iowa what did you see and and you know i was always wondering who are they going to put on caitlin clark because she's going to get her points and you put alexis morris and i'm going okay when i first saw it i went wow okay i'm look i'm not second guessing but i'm going okay well she's going to expend so much energy defensively is that going to take away from her offensive prowess because she she's been really really good Good. Well, obviously I was wrong. What did you see, and how did you approach the game plan for that national championship game? Well, you know, we'd already started putting some work in before we got out of here, getting ready for not just Virginia Tech, but also South Carolina and Iowa. We watched about 12 tapes on Iowa. And what we saw was in games that Iowa won, Clark averaged 27 points. In games they lost, she averaged 30. Now, let me say this, Jordy. Holy crap, can that kid play? I've, I've, I've never seen anybody in the women's game that has that type of offensive uh, firepower. That her ability to shoot with range, her ability to, to get off a quick release, she's just as good getting it off going left as right. But then yep. what we found out is that in games they win, they average 43 points in the paint. In games they lose, they average 28. In games they win, they make nine threes a game, and games they lose, they make nine three games. So we wanted to make sure we didn't make too much out of three. Yeah, we want to contest it, but All our right. thought process was if if we can control that paint, if we can keep them out of the paint, then we're going to be okay. And then the second thing was in games that they won, they were plus nine on the boards. In games they lost, they were negative three. Well, rebounding something we did very good. So the thing right. that we preached to our kids for about 48 hours is let's yeah. own the paint and let's rebound. And, and we're going to be okay. Now, here's the other thing. We, we came in the, the NCAA tournament average in 85 points a game. 
But we lost our offense along the way. I mean, our offense was very anemic during the NCAA tournament. We did a lot of it with defense and rebounding. And I remember we were just sitting there uh, talking game plan, and Kim said, you know what? We sure are do a good shooting game. Yes, indeed. And holy crap, did Jasmine Carson carry us for about four minutes in the second Bob. quarter. Bob, you go down three starters in foul trouble, and Carson comes in, Poa comes in, your freshman big comes in. And when Carson hit, you know, shooters got to shoot. And sometimes when they see that ball go through the net, that that net, that that rim gets as big as Lake Pontchartrain. Been there, done that, got the postcard. But man, a lot, never in my wildest did I expect that. So thrilled for her. But man, it was a, it was a total team. Everybody did their role and everybody did it to the highest level. That was a, that was a high level college basketball game forget about women men that was a high level basketball game well it was and a really neat thing is the ratings were off the chart it was the the, the largest game espn had it this year which included nba games but i i, I you know you've that's been crazy. doing this a long time jordy when you when you get into championship games that's kind of what you have to have isn't it you got to have some role players you got to have some people here's the one that nobody talks about ladasia williams I mean, Lord, you know, she had 20 points and five or In six boards. Yep. She, she just quietly does her thing. But we had a whole bunch of people step up, and you have to do that to win on that stage. Bob Starkey with us. Uh, you lose some valuable, valuable players that, that will never be forgotten, but you got some really, really good players coming back. You've got a great recruiting class, and i got to believe – that transfer portal, if you don't want to come play at LSU, I don't know where you want to go play. Uh, you, you took the words right out of my mouth. We talked about that. Uh, and I, I don't want to sound arrogant, but this, we really are the place to be. I mean, the winning, the Hall of Fame coach, uh, the crowd, the atmosphere yeah. here, uh, the people we have in place for social media content, which has become a big thing because that what drives NIL opportunities. We got so yep. much good positive stuff going on. Uh, I got a feeling we're we're going we're to be able to add a couple really key parts to this. And the only thing there's only one major disappointment over the entire thing. When is Bob Starkey going to come out with some of that uh, sparkle and glitz and glitter <laughs> on a sport coat? Come on, man. you got a Liberace me. Come on. Yeah, I got I got a clothing deal with J.C. Penny. That's about as crazy <laughs> as I can get. <laughs> I absolutely love it. Please tell me you guys took a couple of days off. Are y'all back in the office grinding again? I'm right in my office. We're grinding. Uh, portal, The portal really popped open on Monday. Uh, we got so many good things for the program. Like, we're, we, you know, we got our banquet coming up next week, so we got to prep for that. Uh, yeah. You know how it is. Gosh, so we're being invited to come to, to an LSU baseball game tonight. Alexis Morris is going to throw out the first pitch. And cool. uh, the Pelicans have invited us down Friday. And, uh, you know, just all the good things that come with, 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 with such a special win. And, uh, you know, Kim, I, like I said, Kim is always on. I mean, we're in the plane flying back from Dallas, and Kim's going over things that we've got to get done this week. Strike while the iron's hot. That's why she's won four national yeah. championships. Yeah. The only coach to ever win national championships at two different schools on the women's side. She just, she just has that drive, Jordy. Bob, you've been around this game a long, long time, and this is no slight to Pat Summit. This is no slight to Gino Ariema. 
but this is a different game. This is a different time. This is all different circumstances. And to take a team that won nine games and you can go to 22 wins uh, or whatever it was, and then you go to 30, whatever it is, and win a national champ, I think it's the greatest coaching performance in the history of women's basketball. I really do. And I, I couldn't argue with you. I mean, I've been doing it for a long time. Uh, I think everybody that knew Kim and knew the game knew that when LSU hired her, things were going to turn around. But there is absolutely nobody, and that includes Kim, by the way, that thought that it would be accelerated at the at the speed that it has. She knew she was going to get it done there. She has that belief. But for it to happen so quickly, it, it's just it's phenomenal. Uh, Bob, I tell you what, you've coached, um, some great ones. You've been around some great ones. Uh, it, it's absolutely crazy. And I'm, I'm a big proponent of whatever these people are calling controversial. It's just ridiculous. It's, it's, it's the way kids are now. If you can dish it, you better be able to take it. So I don't want to hear anything about that. And I'm glad the white house backtracked. And they said, no, 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 no. Just come on, LSU. Come on. Well, how about how about Caitlin Clark? You know, Caitlin Clark was on ESPN today laughing, yes. uh, talking yes. about she couldn't believe some of the criticism that Angel was getting. She said, we were both going at it. I love Angel. She's a great competitor. Yeah. That's the yeah. way the game's played these days, Dad. Absolutely. And, uh, she said, I don't want to go to the White House. We didn't win the championship. So competitors, no competitors. I, I, I absolutely love Caitlin Clark. And, by the way, so does Angel Reese. Uh, yep. Heck, uh, Alexis Morris was so excited to meet her before the game. Uh, you know, but when you get on there, you battle. That's all it is. It's a game. That's you battle, it and it's over, and you have respect for your opponent. Competitors compete. What was that locker room like when you made the walk off the court after all the confetti and all the family and close friends? And, you, and then it became just that that little group, that that group that believed from day one. Those are always the cherished moments. And those are the moments that when you do retire from the game that you'll never, ever forget. What was that moment like when it was just you guys? Wow. It's really, it's really hard to describe because everybody, everybody, and you know this because you competed at the highest level, Jordy. Everybody has their own story. So we may have all just won a championship, but we all had different paths to get there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a part of me I was in there, and I was thinking about Sue Gunner and the role she had in building this yeah. program. Yeah. Uh, I know Flage was thinking about her father who was passed away. Everybody had something or some part of their story that made that incredibly important. But I promise you, everybody there, it, it was it was just surreal. Uh, you, you have good wins. You have good moments. But, you know, that was my first time for me. Yeah. Uh, it was the first time for our players. You know, that we've had mem- – we got members of this staff, and certainly Kim, who uh, it's not their first rodeo. They, they, they've won a few rings. But you're trying to – you know, like, like after we won the ball game, uh, and everybody storms the floor, and there's neck cutting. And I literally stood off to the side with my wife, and I just watched. I just wanted to yeah. soak in all the happiness for the kids. And then I saw the alumni starting to gather up by the rope, and I, I just wanted to—I just wanted to take it in visually. And as a coach, to see your kids get to experience that—it's just. I, yeah. Hard to, it's, it's hard for me to explain how what that means to you. I mean, I, 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 it's not quite being a parent. 
and seeing your kid experience something, but it, it, it mm-hmm. can't be too far away. It's not too far away. Well, from, from a personal standpoint, um, from someone who for three years in a row in college ended their season on a loss in the NCAA tournament, um, and for all of my teammates and everybody on the men's side that ever played that's never won the whole thing, uh, we are so happy. We are so proud of you guys. Couldn't be, couldn't be more thrilled for you. Um, and, and thank you for the joy and the happiness that y'all brought to so many people. Um, I know, I know Kim is going to say, and everybody's and rightly so we go, let's slow down. Now this doesn't happen all the time, but man, it was a hell of a ride to get where you went and you know us, we want more. Well, I'll be honest with you. I, you know, I, I wouldn't mind having some more either. And I, we're, we're going to continue to work and we're going to continue to recruit and we're going to continue to teach and practice and, and, and shoot it. It's freaking Kim Malky. I I have no doubt at some point we're going to find our way back. Just tell me one thing, just between you and me, how good is the kid that, uh, that you signed out of North Louisiana, the number one pro? Just how good is she? She's a game changer. She, she, okay. she can shoot the three. She can handle. She can defense. She's got that competitive mentality. And she, this is a big thing because there's a lot of good players at the high school, but she has an SEC body. I mean, it, it, she's not going to have to worry about the physicality of the game. Okay. And, uh, I promise you, you're going, especially you're going to love watching her play. Can't wait. Can't wait. Look, go enjoy. I know you're grinding. Um, again, I don't know where you want to play. If you don't want to come play at LSU, you're going to win. You're going to play in front of a packed house. You're in the toughest conference in the country, and you're going to pe- compete for national championships, and you're going to get NIL money, and people are going to love. I don't. I think it's the easiest sell in college sports, to be quite honest with you. So good luck with it. Uh, thanks for the time. It couldn't be happier for you, your wife, your family, and everybody on that team. Thank you, guys. That was, uh, that was sensational. Hey, George, forever LSU, brother. Hey, gum right, man. Bob Starkey, thank you, sir. So, uh, yes, sir. assistant coach, national champion. Uh, that's awesome. That is awesome. Came up with the game plan, and you saw the numbers. All right, don't worry about all the threes. Don't don't give up too many, but if they hit a couple, don't worry about that. Just don't give up anything of a consistent nature in the paint, and that's where LSU dominates everybody inside. They're too big, they're too deep, they're too strong, and they're too well-coached. What a win. We'll take a timeout. When we come back, we'll talk men's basketball with my main man, Mike Huguenin from On3.com next. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Brought to each and every day by ShopRite Tobacco Plus Discount Outlets. If you can't shop right at ShopRite, man, you just can't shop right at all. By Ducks, cleaning America's air from the inside out. By Eon, the premier touchless robotic laser body contouring device that helps you lose those unwanted inches along with permanent fat reduction. Eon in Lafayette, Baton Rouge, and Mandeville. By the Louisiana Lottery, you can't win until you start playing. DC's Little Capital Exxon with their true soul food deli inside, home of the best cheeseburger ever. And by Cajun Chef, do yourself a flavor. Turn up the taste with Cajun Chef Hot Sauce. Uh-oh. Do you know what day it is? Huh? Anybody? 
It's time for Jordy to break down the biggest storylines in college athletics with Mike Huguenin of On3.com. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? Here is Hump Day with Huguenin. On the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. What do Raleigh Massimino, Gary Williams, and Dan Hurley all have in common? Well, they are all from New Jersey, and they have all won a national championship, one with Villanova, one with Maryland, and last night, one with Connecticut. Michael, good afternoon, sir. How are you? Uh, doing, uh, doing well, considering the basketball season's over. So um, the, 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 the title game, I uh, enjoyed it. Uh, San Diego State kept, kept scrapping. They, they made it yep. extremely interesting in the last four minutes. But, I mean, UConn's firepower is, is frankly, much. incredible. Yeah, and there was I don't think there was that big of a difference in either team defensively. I think the difference was, to your point, UConn just had better offensive players. Yeah, UConn's defense, um, it was a national top 20 defense this year. And I yeah. think lost in the all the hoopla surrounding UConn's offense was that those dudes can defend, especially on the perimeter. But, yeah, offensively, um, you know, they bring big-time scorers off the bench. Um, they have big-time scorers in the starting lineup. Sonogo is a, just a handful of... Uh, in, in the low post. Again, San Diego State made it interesting in the last four minutes, but, yeah, UConn was just too talented. And um, now you've got Jim Calhoun, Kevin Ollie, you've got Gino Ariema and Dan Hurley. I like Hurley as a coach. I, I, think he, I think he built a program, and I don't think they're going away. I just don't. No, they're not. I, I agree with you. I think people forget when Ollie left, the program was in a bad spot. Uh, I think Hurley has matured as a coach, become less volatile, um, and he his offense. You know, if you're a high school kid in ninth or tenth grade and you watched last night, um, I don't care if you're a forward, a, a traditional low post guy, or someone who wants to shoot three pointers all day. His his offense is for you. Um, it's perpetual motion. Um, they get good shots. They move the ball. Um, you know, they, they, their mid-range game is fine. Sonogo's a, a horse in the low post. The, the yeah. Klingon kid's going to be really good in the low post next year. Uh, and, and they have a bunch of shooters. So, um, and, and they really didn't have an elite point, anything close to an elite point guard. Andre Jackson is more of a sort of a point-forward kind of guy. Right. Tristan right. Newton is not a point guard, even though he was pressed into action. Uh, at that position this year. But, I mean, his offense should appeal, frankly, to every single kind of high school basketball player. So the basketball season's over. UConn on the men's side, LSU on the women's side with their 102-85 to win over Iowa. I don't know if you watched it, but more people watched that game than any other basketball game out there. It's it's absolutely incredible, the the rise of women's basketball and the job that Kim Mulkey did in only her second season. And you talk about not going anywhere. The LSU women's basketball is here to stay as long as that woman's coaching them. Mulkey knows what she's doing. Um, you know, she won two national titles, obviously, as every LSU fan knows, at Baylor. She brings in good players. That's going to continue to happen. And unlike uh, men's college basketball, very, very, very few women's players go pro early because um, right. the NBA really doesn't offer all that kind of money. So uh, yep. with, with NIL now, 
um, you, you can be a high-level college women's college basketball player and make half a million bucks a year. And I think, you know, yeah. if you're Angel Reese, if you're Caitlin Clark coming back, if you're Azzy Fudd at UConn, if you're Paige Beckers at UConn, you're, you're going to be mm-hmm. making a heck of a lot of money uh, and enjoying college life. So, um, yeah, the, the, I didn't watch the final, but I did see the final score. <laughs> 102 points in a college game is that's pretty pretty impressive, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was a high-level game on both parts, um, and it was just a a remarkable, remarkable run. So sum up the college basketball season. Um, Alabama, you know, the SEC fell short. Everybody thought Alabama was going to be the team. Kentucky seems to always falter here of late. Um, How do you sum up this year? I think that the overall, I mean, we, we talked all season about how wild it was. Yeah. And then the Final Four was absolute proof of that. Florida Atlantic, Miami, San wow. Diego State all yeah. were first-time Final Four entrants. First time that had happened since 1970 with three uh, first-time Final Four participants. UConn, a, a four-seed, wins it all. Um, the SEC season... Um, I, I think if I'm Greg Sankey, I'm a little bit disappointed because um, yeah. some of my teams underachieve relative to their talent level. And Alabama was the overall number one seed, losing in the Sweet 16, disappointing for Alabama. It's still, the idea that Nate Oates took Alabama to number one is impressive. But Arkansas did not have the season it expected. Um, Texas A&M has to get better offensively, sort of like their football team needs to get better offensively. Mm-hmm. Um, Kentucky, as you pointed out, is per, a perennial underachiever, it seems. Um, Mississippi State was not offensive-minded enough. But, uh, you know, I think overall it was a disappointing season for the SEC in some respects. But at the same time, I think there, there's a crop of younger coaches who can do some potentially good things in the SEC. UConn started the year unranked. It ended it by beating San Diego State to complete a dominant six-game run to the program's fifth national championship. So Hurley joins Kevin Ollie and uh, Jim Calhoun uh, on the men's side of winning a championship. Um, it's, it's pretty darn, pretty darn good. Uh, again, the question is, and I, I haven't seen what the ratings were for for the national championship game. It starts awful late. You know, you're on the East Coast. You your Eastern time, that's a late, late that's a 9.20 start. Yeah. Uh, that's awful late. I don't understand that. I guess because no, of the I, West I don't, Coast. I don't either. And I, you, you do want to not tick off the West Coast audience. You know, if you started at 8 o'clock Eastern, it's a 5 o'clock tip-off Pacific time. Um, but, you know, I can remember, I'm old enough to remember when they actually played the final on, on, a, on a Sunday. And obviously they're yeah. not going to do that because they don't yeah. want to play the the uh, uh, the uh, semifinals on Friday, though the women did that and worked fine for them. But, um, yeah, i got to think this is going to be an extremely low-rated final, sort of like the uh, low-rated final two years ago, Virginia-Texas Tech. And mm-hmm. I think everybody, you, know, you and I have talked about this, everybody loves the NCAA tournament because of the upsets. But at some point, people want to see big-time programs. And when there's no, you know, I think UConn's a blue blood now, five titles in 24 years. Um, but I, I think that it, it, the, the ratings are going to reflect the idea that this was a tournament that had mass chaos 
and mass chaos does not lead to high ratings in college basketball. Yeah, I, I mean, I've become more and more convinced. You know, they talk about what does it take to have a team? Well, you got to have good guard play. Well, there's no question about that. But you had to, you better have some some uh, some glass eaters, some big guys yes. that can control the pace. You just have to have a really good team. Well-rounded team, exactly. And, you know, the defense travels, and yes, it does. And, and UConn plays good defense. I also think that, you know, I know you when you played, you were an outside shooter. Man, if, if your team is not consistent from three-point range, I don't think you can win a national title anymore. I agree. Um, I agree. You know, having the big guy is important to an extent. But, you know, Zach Eady was the best big man in college basketball. Purdue was lackluster at best from three-point range. They lost in the first round as a one seed to a team that came in with 13 losses. So the UConn sort of had, like you said, every ingredient. They had a bunch of guys who could rebound. Um, They had a low-post guy, and they had a big-time low-post guy off the bench. They had guys who could hit in the mid-range, and they had outside shooters. But the one thing they did not have was an elite point guard, and that, I think, is, is interesting going forward. Um, they do have they had solid guards, but not the traditional elite mm-hmm. point guard. So, but I, I think outside shooting is, I mean, yes, obviously it's it's a must, but man, it is vital, and I think that showed in this tournament, no question. If you're if you're off from three point range, uh, you're not going to advance very far, and if you only rely on one or two guys to hit your threes, you ain't going very far either. It's like deja vu with uh, Pep Hamilton uh, and Hawkins last night. Both moved so well without the ball, catch and shoot, and it's money. Yeah, and I got to think that you, as a former shooter, was looking at UConn and going, "My goodness, the the off ball movement is tremendous. Love it. They get so many open shots because they always seem to make the extra pass. You know, you have a guy pass up a fifteen footer." that's somewhat contested to find a guy who's wide open from three-point range, and even if he misses, Hurley's like, fine, that's a great shot for us. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the way. You've got to have guys who can move without the ball, hit spot-up threes, but also create off the dribble. And yeah. UConn had a bunch of guys who could create off the dribble. It's the old adage, the hardest player to defend is the player that never stands still. It's yeah. always yeah, you're right. I, I learned that in uh, seventh-grade basketball in Miami. Yeah. Uh, when I made yeah. the junior high team. But, yeah, the coach was like, if you're standing around, you're going to be sitting down. And his point was <laughs> you got to move, you got to get open, you got to give your teammates a, an outlet, and then you need to look for your teammates to be outlets as well. But his thing was if you're standing around, you're going to be sitting down. Uh, Jim Nance with his final go-round. Um, they'll turn it over to Ian Eagle, who is terrific as well. I don't think they'll miss a beat there. Um, but it's just a, it's amazing. You know, when, when we went to the Final Four, we were playing in regular basketball arenas. We played at the Spectrum in Philadelphia. Um, and now they're playing in football stadiums. And they figured out a way to, to configure that stadium to make it basketball-friendly and to make it better for shooters. Uh, because of the depth perception that they used to not do when they first started playing in these antiquated, I mean, in these football states, like when UCLA and Houston played with Alcindor and Elvin Hayes, and they took the court right in the middle of the Astrodome, right in the middle. And it was like, how do you play in that? But it's just amazing how this game continues to grow. They're playing in front of, you know, 70,000 people. It's unbelievable. 
it is. Now, I've been to Final Fours in a basketball arena and at a football stadium, and obviously in a basketball arena, it's better. But you're right, it yes. is interesting how they've become experts at yep. sort of getting rid of some of the problems even when you are playing in a football stadium. Um, it's, yeah, and it is, it's a, it's a spectacle. It's, the NCAA tournament, it's always a phenomenal two weeks, and it's hard to believe it's over already. I mean, this was, oh. a, this was seemingly an ex- extremely quick a two-week tournament, or I guess three weeks, but um, a lot of good basketball, a lot of memorable basketball, and this is a tournament I think that is going to be remembered. You know, you had a number one seed go down in the first round. You had two number one seeds go out in the Sweet 16. No number one seeds make it to the Final Four. Uh, yeah. the, the highest seed at the Final Four is a four, and it wins it. Um, and, and three first-time Final Four participants. And I mentioned before, first time that's happened since 1970. The three teams that were first-timers in 1970 have not ever gone back. And right. I don't think anybody would be surprised if FAU, Miami, and San Diego State never, never go, go back. Though so I would Absolutely. think that San Diego State might have the best chance because I think they're going to be in the Pac-12 soon. Well, that's what makes this tournament the, the tournament that never, ever lets you down because we are um, – our attention span is very limited. And so the fact that it's three weeks and it's a quick turnaround from a semifinal Saturday to a championship Monday or vi- or the Sweet 16 to the Elite Eight, that, that catches our attention, and uh, it never, ever, ever doesn't deliver. It's, it's no, it the doesn't. most remarkable. The, the pressure on these guys is tremendous. Uh, and yeah, and UConn and San Diego State too. They, I mean, they rose to the occasion. I mean, San Diego State in that semifinal. What a what a phenomenal comeback! And Butler at the end of that game. Oh my God, how calm was that guy? Even yes. though he barely got the shot off. So yeah, um, it, it, you're right. It's it's phenomenal entertainment. Um, big time shot making. Big time individual play. Big time team efforts. It's everything great about sports. Yeah encapsulated in a in, in a three weeks of just high intensity entertaining basketball and it's uh you know the the pressure's on every night it's not yeah. like a pros where you can lose one because you can first one to win four wins it no 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 this this is the best and mike you can yeah, i think if purdue plays fairly dickinson a hundred times oh, purdue win 99. wins 98 of them and yes. unfortunately for Purdue, the time they played, they actually played them. They lost. And you're right, that's season's exactly over. Right. Um, but that, 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 the one and done aspect, man, that's just that makes for that's phenomenal, awesome. phenomenal entertainment. That is awesome. You're right, um, Michael Huguenin. Happy Easter to you, my friend. Thank you so much for your time. As always, we'll talk to you next time. I'll be around. Thank you, sir. You're the best, Mike Huguenin on three dot com. UConn, LSU. Kings and Queens of college basketball. Back to wrap up our number one next. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. The world-famous Harlem Globetrotters are returning to the Cajun Dome Saturday, April 15th. The game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, wants to help you score tickets to the thrilling show. Text GLOBE to 337-283-8100 to score a family four-pack of tickets. That's GLOBE to 337-283-8100. So shoot a text, get your tickets, be amazed at the Globetrotters' ball-handling skills, and laugh out loud antics. 
This is the Jordy Holtberg Show, live from the Evco Development Studios in Upper Lafayette on The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. We are back, ready to wrap up our number one. We got a busy hour number two. The Masters begins on Thursday. Tonight is the Champions Dinner. Tomorrow is the Par 3 contest. But they get down to serious cases on Thursday. Bob Friend played golf at LSU, played on the PGA Tour for a while. Um, he is our one of our golf analysts. He'll give us his primer on the Par 72 that has uh, – 82 pros and six amateurs playing um, in this tournament. Uh, And then Bob Rose of the Saints News Network will join us, and we'll talk Hendon Hooker in the Big Easy. Could the Saints be looking for a quarterback for the future? They got their quarterback for the present in Derek Carr. Could they be looking for that quarterback of the future? Yeah. Time, oh, time, she will be a telling. So that's our guest list. Uh, hour number two. If you missed anything in this hour, you can go to 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. We'll have these interviews up. I think you'll really enjoy uh, our visit with uh, Bob Starkey, the assistant men's ba- uh, women's basketball coach, excuse me, um, shared some great uh, insightful things. Really, really good. All right. Hour number two straight ahead. The Jordy Heltberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for the Tigers and the Astros. Live and local. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Hour number two of two and away we go on this Tuesday, April 4th, the year 2023. I hope you're having a great, great day. The college basketball season has come to an end. The LSU women win it all on Sunday. The UConn men win it all on Monday. And now CBS sends this entire crew zoop, to Augusta, Georgia, because this is Masters Week. And because of that, we've got to get a golfing primer from our good friend, a former PGA Tour player um, who played at LSU, came all the way from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, to come down to Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and um, and uh, he's on he's on the tour. He was on the tour, did his deal. Uh, Bob Friend, kind enough to join us. Robert, good afternoon, my friend. Pardon the pun. How are you, Jordy? I'm doing I'm doing fantastic, and like you and everybody else in the world of sports. Uh, it just seems that, uh, you know, even if you don't really follow the game of golf, it seems like everybody and their brother will be following this week the matches. It's, it's, it's the right of spring, and uh, it's just one of the greatest events in all of sports. And Tiger is playing. And so that always ups the ante. So with that being said, Tell me about Tiger, and uh, does he have, uh, I guess, the most important, does he make the cut? And if he makes the cut, does he have enough strength in those legs uh, to be able to handle that course? Well, I'm going to tell you, Jordy, that is is the biggest question mark there is right now. Um, You know, the fact of the matter is Augusta National, when you you go and you're there, um, 
the television does not do it justice. It is so amazingly hilly. I mean, I'm from mm-hmm. Pittsburgh, as you so uh, kindly observed, and, and went all the way down to Baton Rouge to play college golf at LSU, which if I had to do it all over again, I would have done it the exact same way. Awesome. Um, Pittsburgh's a very hilly place. We're the start, really, of the – we're in the Appalachian Mountain Range. And Augusta National Golf Club is every bit as hilly as anything around here in Pittsburgh. I think Tiger's going to really struggle. I don't know. I, I, I fully expect him to make the cut, but I don't know if he's going to contend. I don't. I think he's going to be leaking oil um, come Saturday, Sunday, and I just don't know if the stamina is there, and I just don't know if the strength in the legs is going to be there, uh, you know, come weekend. 88 players, 82 pros, six amateurs try to master a 7,545-yard course with a par of 72. After 36 holes, the low 50 in ties make it. Um, We talk about – I was talking to an earlier guest about, you know, everybody talks about college basketball. To win a championship, you got to have good guards. Well, that's true, but you better have those big guys inside that can rebound and defend and make buckets – Golf, you know, with with Augusta, what's the most important thing? The driver, the the short game, or the putting game, or is it all of the all of the above? Well, it it is. It's, it's Augusta National is really a second shot golf course. Um, if you go and, and and if you take a look at a U.S. Open venue such as an Oakmont Country Club, the course with which I'm most familiar. Yeah. Um, but but if you go and you take a look at an Oakmont, par is defended. From the from the tee shot all the way to the green, Augusta National Golf Club is a second shot golf course, primarily because of the the severity of the greens. There, there's there's there, the rolls and the undulations in those greens are like nothing you have ever seen, and they you know they mm. don't get them Oakmont fast because you wouldn't be able to play them, but they get very very fast and they play even faster because of the slopes. And if you get the ball in the wrong place on your second shot, a lot of times you're really not going to have an opportunity. So Augusta National historically has always favored a person who, who is a high ball hitter um, that is a very good iron player, and obviously it's going to take deft putting touch. So you're going to have somebody that is putting particularly well at the time and has concrete, complete control over their iron game. And you okay. got to take a look at the, you know, the guys that do that better than anybody else right now are Scotty Scheffler and Rory McIlroy. I also mm-hmm. think you're going to have to take a look at John Rahm, who I fully suspect is going to be there come Sunday. He's going to be right there in the mix. How much of a factor does the weather play? It's supposed to get colder. Does that have any impact at all? It does. It, it does have impact because when the when the temperatures go down, it's going to, it's supposed to be cold and it's supposed to be raining. Uh, the ball does not fly as far uh, in colder temperatures because the ball does not compress as much, and it also doesn't it doesn't fly as far in the rain. So I think that uh, you know number one with the, with the moisture on the fairways, you're going to have the golf course playing relatively long. So it's going to favor a relatively long hitter. Uh, it's also going to favor, again, somebody that's going to be putting the ball very, very well. And it's, it also takes major championships. They take patience. And, again, you yeah. take a look at a guy like Scotty Scheffler, who every single time the guy goes out, he, he never ceases to amaze me. Uh, I think also, too, although he's not playing great golf right now, I think Justin Thomas is going to have an opportunity as well. Uh, the guys that I don't think are going to have a great opportunity are the guys that went over to the Live Tour. I, think I was going to ask uh, you about that. I think a lot of these guys, I understand it. I mean, if I was in my, if I was forty, still playing on the PGA Tour, and you know, had maybe lifetime earnings of twelve or thirteen million dollars, something along those lines, and somebody came up to me and me offered me twenty-five million dollars, I would probably take it. 
but guys like Cameron Smith, guys like Dustin Johnson, um, I'm not even going to mention Phil Mickelson because he's got a whole bunch of other things going on, but Dustin Johnson, um, Patrick Reed, Cameron Smith, these are guys that really honestly did not need, you know, the, the, the mind numbing generational wealth. And basically they're, they're forgotten. I mean, nobody is watching the, the live tour on C on the CW. I think they had like. Malcolm in the Middle reruns, and I think they pulled a higher market share than, yes. than Live Golf. Yes. They're playing, they're playing 54 whole events. They're basically playing exhibitions with no cut, and basically they're, they're just not, they're not competing. And what happens is, is you're basically are getting a little bit soft. So I don't mm-hmm. know. If, I'd be very surprised if any one of those guys on the Live Tour um, would win this week. It's like uh, Dustin Johnson. I, I just saw him warming up. I said, man, I hadn't seen him in forever. And he was Nobody the number one him. player Nobody in the world at the time. It li- literally, it, it literally is for a guy. Look, Dustin Johnson, you know, I, I don't know what his net worth is, but I, I, I guarantee you it's got to probably have 200, 200 million, 150 yeah. to 200 million before he went to the live tour. Um, this is a guy with his contracts, everything else, was never going to have a financial worry, had created generational wealth. Yeah. Yep. These guys are all, they're all for nobody's watching. You know, no. you sit there and you take a look and, and the and the Honda Classic this year was a was a great example. Uh it was a tournament where the guys just came back from the West Coast and the field was relatively soft for 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 a, 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 a tournament on a great golf course down there at PGA National. Yeah. And and nobody knew really who anybody was on the leaderboard. It it pulled like a five times the market share that than the CW did with their live golf. Nobody's paying attention to it. No. And these guys, in, in my opinion, I just, I think it was, I think it was career suicide for a lot of these guys that had an opportunity to really make a name in the history of the game. Like a Cameron Smith, who's on, he could possibly go down as the greatest player in the history of that company, a country, even surpassing Greg Norman. And he yes. chased after the cash and now nobody watches him play. Nobody cares. And you're, you're losing official <laughs> world golf ranking points. It's just, it, honestly, to me, it's just a real head-scratcher. I don't know the rules uh, for the patrons at Augusta. I wonder how the patrons are going to treat um, these live golfers. Do you think there's going to be some, I don't know, trash? T- I don't know. What do you think? I don't I don't think so because I can tell you they, they at Augusta National Golf Club, they, they have a no-nonsense policy. Okay. Uh, if, somebody is, if somebody does any heckling out there, that badge Gone. will be pulled, and that badge will be pulled forever. So a lot of the badges, a lot of the patrons have generational badges where their families had the badge, the families had the passes for generations and for decades. Mm-hmm. Nobody is going to be stupid enough to risk that because once yeah. that badge is pulled, you'll never have the opportunity forever. to get it back. But I think, that, I think the crowds at Augusta National are always going to be very, very polite. And uh, But, again, the, these guys, I mean, Brooks Kepka won last week. Nobody cared. Nobody watched. Yes. And it's just, to me, it's just, it's career suicide. I'm with you, Bob Friend. Tell it like it is. Scotty Scheffler won it last year, shooting 10 under par, one by three over Rory McIlroy. I always equate things to other sports. Everybody wondered, oh, my gosh, Magic and Bird are retired. What's going to happen in the NBA? Well, Michael Jordan comes along. What's going to happen? Well, Kobe comes along. And then LeBron comes along. And now Giannis Antetokounmpo, I, you know, I, I think golf is in great. There's so many really, really good young golfers. It's scary. It is. It is. And I think that when you see, obviously, you know, Tiger Woods is on the other side of the of his zenith, on the other side of his apex. Um, you cannot you cannot uh, overestimate what he has done for the game of golf. 
Um, but you go and you take a look at guys like Jordan Spieth and Rory McIlroy, our own Sam Burns or LSU yes. Tiger Sam Burns that, that, that rolled in the match play yes. a couple of weeks ago. You have Colin Morikawa. Uh, you've got Matthew Fitzpatrick from the U.K., Scotty Scheffler. Uh, you've got all these young guys, Justin Thomas. So I think the game is in – I think COVID was really the best thing that ever happened to the game of golf because uh, when I was on tour, I'm, I'm still a Mizzou. I'm still a PGA professional, even though I'm, I'm in the real estate business. Yeah. Um, when I was on tour, I was always, I've been with Titleist Foot Choice since 1984, and I've been with Mizuno since 1997, and I'm very close with the guys at both companies. And when I spoke with the guys at Mizuno at, at the end of 2020, I said, how's business? They said it was the best year we have ever had, and they even beat that in 2021. So COVID gave the opportunity where it was a, it was a sport that people could play where they weren't in close confines with each other. And the sport grew, and then now you've got all these young stars that are involved in the game. I think the game is in really, really great shape, and I'm, I'm really happy to, to watch and watch the game grow. I'm always curious, um, how many bags of golf clubs do you have in the garage? Oh, man, uh, too, too many. <laughs> I, would, I, was not, I was not one of those club, I was not one of those club hoarders, but uh, the Mizuno trailer was out there every single week. And I would probably say during the course of the year, I'd probably end up getting three sets, three sets, three full sets a year, and you'd go through some wedges and all that sort of stuff. I would pr- probably say in a conservative, and I've given some of my stuff away, I'd, I'd probably say conservatively, I probably have, you know, 12 full sets of irons, and I have more putters than you could count, and a lot of wedges. And, you know, it's just it's one of those things. It's uh, the old PGA Tour mantra, Jordy, is, if it's free, give me three. My oh, name is Jimmy. I'll take whatever you give me. Baby, that's true in anything. If those, yes, that free is. swag is the yes, best swag. Is. Uh, yeah. I thought about you when uh, Sam Burns won his title on the same yep. day that David Toms won on the, yep. uh, the Legends Tour, Senior Tour, whatever it is. So uh, you're great at this. So tell me if, if Bob Friend's going to put a friendly wager on this thing. What what kind of score does it take to win? And and who do you think uh, uh, puts that green jacket on Sunday afternoon? Well, I think I think if you're taking a look at scores, again, a lot of it's going to depend really like on the wind. Uh, if they okay. have some wind, then you, when we all know that when you have a front that rolls through, you've got some heavy winds uh, that are associated with it. But I, yep. I honestly think that you're going to see anything from – you know, eight to twelve under par. They have a lot of these grains at Augusta National have a sub-air system, which is a it's a it's basically what it is. It's a vacuum underneath uh, the green complex that actually pulls water away from the surface. It's wow. very very expensive to do, um, but Augusta has a lot of the sub-air uh, features on most of the greens, if not all of them. So I think that wow. uh, the greens, even though it's going to be a little bit wet, it's going to have an upper. The greens going to be relatively firm, but not like you know they have been in the past. So I think. Winning scores can be anywhere from, you know, 10 to 14 under par. I like Rory. I like uh, Scotty Scheffler. Uh, I like Justin Thomas. I think Sam Burns is going to be up there. And I also think Xander Shoffley is always yes. kind of like the dark horse. He always kind of is hanging around the lead there at these majors. So it might be an opportunity for Xander Shoffley to finally break through. Just what would it mean for golf now if Tiger Woods had that moment that Jack Nicholas had late in his career with the famed "Yes, sir," yep. um, and could do that? What would that do? That would basically that would basically be 
a 9.6 on the seismograph in the world of sport. I think that, uh, you know, Nicholas winning in 1986 uh, was, you take a look at a guy that was 46 years old. They'd written his game off years ago. Um, The greatest greatest story in the history of sport would have been when Tom Watson, if he could have won the 2009 Open Championship, he lost to Stuart Sink. But I think that if Tiger Woods were to, to, to find some lightning in a bottle and possibly come out and win this week, it, it, it would be a 9.6 on the Richter scale. It would, it would just basically set the sports world upside yeah. down. It would be the, probably the greatest victory in the history of sport. Bob, you need to get on radio or television. You need to be a golf commentator because you're really, really good. And shame on <laughs> well, me thank for you, not Jordy. utilizing you more often. But guess what? I got you on speed dial. When these majors come up, big boy, we're going to do this every week of the major. So uh, hopefully that'll happen. And uh, I can't thank you enough. That was awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jordy. Always, uh, always love talking to you. Love the people of Louisiana. And uh, I'm just so very proud to be an LSU Tiger. And, um, you know, and you call me anytime. We can always talk golf or anything else. How about that women's basketball team? And look, I'm 6'3", so I don't think those Mizunos are going to help me, man, unless you can get those <laughs> shafts extended. I, I can't ask for any sticks. You'll just, you'll, have to, you'll just have to go through a, you'll have to go through a fitting. It all depends on how long your arms are, too, Jordy. Now we've, heard, now, we've heard that you've got some pretty deep pockets and some pretty short arms. I don't know if that's true, Jordy, but, you know. <laughs> when, it comes, when it comes to that, yes. To everything else, my arms have the wingspan of a condor. <laughs> Bob, take care, man. Enjoy the Masters. All right, Jordy. You too. Enjoy and go Tigers. You're the best. Bob Friend Hi, up buddy. there in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. <laughs> He's terrific. He is terrific. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back. The Black and Gold Report with Bob Rose of the Saints News Network. Next. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Angola Prison Rodeo is coming back in the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles has your free tickets. Text Rodeo to 337-283-8100. That's Rodeo to 337-283-8100. The Angola Prison Rodeo returns April 22nd and April 23rd. You can see all the excitement. Bull riding, wild horse racing, and convict poker. Text Rodeo to 337-283-8100 to watch the world-famous Angola Prison Rodeo. I got to ask what convict poker is. Uh, it's courtesy of Southwest Louisiana's sports station. It's time for Jordy to march into some New Orleans Saints talk with Saints News Network's Bob Rose. Here is the Black and Gold Report with Bob Rose. Here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Before we get to Bob real quick, I, I asked what is convict poker at the um, at Angola Prisons Rodeo, and my producer, James Mesh, sent me the definition. Four offenders play poker seated at a table with a loose bull, and the last sitting offender wins. Heck no. Ain't happening. No, thank you. Bob Rose, good afternoon, sir. How are you? Hi, Jordy. How the heck am I supposed to follow that? I can't compete with that. You want, you want, to, you want to sit at a table with a loose bull? And, and guess who's going to get up first and run for the hills? Your boy right here. 
I ain't going no, no bull, and I'm not wearing red at all. Um, might be wearing orange though, because it seems like Tennessee is coming down to the deep south. Hendon Hooker today, and a wide receiver tomorrow. Well, so tell me the the thought process when you heard Hendon Hooker was coming to the Saints facility. What did you think? You know, I love this kid. Uh, he, he's he's my favorite prospect in the draft. I have him as the third quarterback on my personal draft board for whatever that means. Okay. But I'll be honest with you. As soon as the Saints signed De- uh, Derek Carr, I really thought that the possibility of an early round, you know, first three rounds uh, quarterback draft uh, would be off the table. Now, just because the Saints are meeting with Hendon Hooker or any other quarterback or any other prospect Mm -hmm. doesn't mean, of course, that they're highly interested in drafting him, but it does show intrigue. And remember, a first round uh, a first round draft pick comes with the added bonus of a fifth year rookie option. You look at the age of Derek Carr. He just turned 32 years old. uh, And he had knock on wood. He hasn't had much injury problems during his career. But what if Derek Carr doesn't turn out to be the guy that many of us think? Right. Uh, right. He signed that four-year, $100 million guaranteed contract. The Saints could move. You know, you look a closer look, take a closer look at that deal. The Saints could move on from him in year three without a monstrous salary cap hit. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe, just maybe, if a player like Hendon Hooker is sitting there at 29, you pull that trigger and you get him in. Uh, you, you let him learn a, a little bit behind Derek Carr, uh, learn Pete Carmichael's offense, a timing-based system where Hooker was very, very successful at Tennessee. And, oh, by the way, where Hendon Hooker gets to work with one of his former offensive coaches, Cody Burns, the Saints wide receiver coach, of course, was at Tennessee back in 2021, where Hooker had a, had his first breakout year. So I think that there's a lot of intrigue here. But again, just because the Saints are visiting with a prospect right. doesn't mean that they're going to draft him. Right. It, 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 it set forth a scouting report. Uh, you know, it lays the groundwork for perhaps future free agency possibilities, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, but again, how often does the opportunity to draft the potential franchise to your lap? I think that's the question that the Saints got to ask themselves, too. Bob Rose with us. Um, in case people don't know, you can invite 30 prospects to come mm-hmm. and interview them and talk to them. And I think this is a great fact-finding opportunity uh, to see how his injury is, how he's holding up. I got a sneaky suspicion he's not going to be around when the Saints pick at 29. I think he's going up pretty high in this draft. I really do. Yeah, I think he could, too. Uh, you know, I, obviously, the top two quarterbacks on everybody's board are uh, you know, C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young. Uh, you know, and they're, they're going to be top five, top two or three picks. I think Anthony uh, Richardson goes third in the draft. He very think, well could. I think, I think Indianapolis makes a trade, gets up to number three, and they pick him. He very well could. Uh, but I'll tell you what, I'll take Hendon Hooker over Anthony Richardson. I'll take Hendon Hooker over Will Levis. Okay. I'm not saying either one of those kids are bad quarterbacks. I just like what I see in Hooker. And I agree with you. Uh, yeah, the major two red flags uh, for this guy, according to scouts, are his age. He's 25 years old. And obviously the ACL. You're talking 2023 medical wonders 
et cetera, et cetera. The ACL is nothing to worry about. 25 years old, you see quarterbacks play well into their late 30s. If Hooker takes care of himself and is is a good quarterback, you get 12 to 14 years from him, I'll take that in a heartbeat too. And by all reports, he's one heck of a kid. Yeah. I mean, he's a heck of a teammate. So I, I don't think he's going to be around. Um, the Saints are also po- reportedly bringing in his teammate, Jalen Hyatt, tomorrow, a wide receiver from Tennessee. Can never have enough of those dudes. Nope, absolutely not. Uh, and there's two Tennessee uh, wideouts that I'm keeping a real close eye on in this draft. Uh, Jalen Hyatt, like you said, and his teammate Cedric Tillman. Now, okay. Tillman, in my opinion, fits the it fits the profile of what I think the Saints are going to seek out in a wide receiver. Uh, you know, a big middle of the field target guy. But Jalen Hyatt, you want to talk about track speed and uh, the type of game breaking potential that is going to scare defenses frigid. Uh, you know, uh, I'd like to see Hyatt refine his routes a lot. Uh, but then again, any Tennessee wideout, they're not asked to run a full route tree. Again, it's a very timing based scheme. Uh, you know, a, a lot of matchups, uh, you know, individual matchups, half field reads, that kind of thing. Uh, but Jalen Hyatt has what you can't teach, and that is speed. Uh, you know, so you bring him into you know, to the Saints offense. Everybody thinks, and I just said it myself, everybody thinks that the Saints are going to target a bigger wideout uh, to let Alave and Rashid Shahid work over the top. Well, Chris Alave is a heck of a route runner. So you bring in a speed guy like Jalen Hyatt, you can allow Alave, along with, of course, Michael Thomas and, uh, and Brian Edwards, to work the underneath stuff. Let yeah. them make the shorter catches and, and run, uh, get open field yards after the catch. So, yeah, I, I like Jalen Hyatt as a prospect a lot. And, again, his former co- uh, co- coach in college, Cody Burns, now of the Saints. Okay. Um, surprised, not surprised, expected the Saints re-signed linebacker Andrew Dowell. Why, why do I not even know much about this guy? What's wrong with me? Uh, nothing's wrong with you, Jordy. I don't care what people say. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, it's not a surprise. Uh Dow has been a backup in New Orleans for you know, four four full years now. Uh, you know, undrafted guy from Michigan State back in 2019. Uh, Saints picked him up off the pra- uh, Dallas Cowboys practice squad late in the year. He's a special teams guy. Uh, you know, a good athlete in the open field. Hasn't seen much defensive action. Uh, but that's what a lot of people were saying about Caden Ellis leading into the 2022 season also. I'm not saying Andrew Dowell is going to be a Caden Ellis. I'm not even saying he's going to get a lot of defensive snaps. This is for special teams and depth purposes, no doubt about that. All right, let's take a timeout. Um, we talked a little bit about the Saints. We'll talk about some draft prospects. Who's going to be around in, in that first round? And where do we go? Let's see if anything has changed in Bob Rose's uh, mock drafts. Um, and uh, it apparently appears that there's a legendary coach who's none too happy with his quarterback and wants to trade him, although the owner loves him. We'll see what happens in New England. After this time out, the Black and Gold Report here on the this Jordy This is the show. Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. 
Are you tired of your boring man cave? Well, the 103, the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with the ultimate man cave makeover built by Lafayette Marble and Granite. Sign up today in the clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com for a chance to win a new recliner from Bordelong's Furniture, a flat TV screen from AVI, and so much more. It's the ultimate man cave makeover powered by Lafayette Marble and Granite and the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Every day is a Chamber of Commerce kind of day when you're listening to the Jordy Holbrook Show. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros in Southwest Louisiana. We continue, Bob Rose, St. Sue's Network. Oh, just in case you, um, just in case you were interested, Jalen Hyatt won the Bolitnikoff this season after catching 15 touchdowns for the Vols. He's visiting the Cowboys today and the Saints tomorrow. But maybe the biggest free agent acquisition belongs to the Saints News Network because Bob Rose being joined by Ross Jackson, John Hendricks. Ross Ross is coming aboard. You you that's like that's like Kevin Durant joining Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. It just ain't fair. It ain't fair, Bob. We're uh, we're we're looking for dominance, Jordy. Uh, we want to put the dream team together, and I I, I think we got one. Uh, I've known Ross for quite some time. Always been a fan of his work. Bigger fan of him as a person. Yeah. Uh, you know, John Hendricks is you know, is tremendous. Has been a tremendous mentor to me. Uh, you know, getting me started and you know, really kick started in this business. Uh, yeah, and then there's me. I guess I'm the slot receiver of the group. Man, you're the clutch go-to third-down guy. Just catch it, move the chains, baby. You're a grinder. I love it. Um, everybody's talking. Nothing's happened on Lamar Jackson's front. Nothing's happened with Aaron Rodgers' front. Now taking the spotlight is Mac Jones with the Patriots. Belichick is apparently agitated that Mac Jones, during the course of the season, because of the whatever that thing called an offense was with those two co-offensive coordinators. Apparently he called his old guy, Steve Sarkeesian up and said, help me. And Belichick, <laughs> none too pleased. Yeah. I mean, it, it, very interesting developments up in, uh, up in new England. Uh, yeah. I don't think anybody can doubt the success Bill Belichick has had uh, you know, as a coach. Uh, but yeah, the, 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 Shine is has been tarnished a little bit uh, since some guy named Brady left for Tampa Bay a couple of years yeah. ago. Yeah, uh, yeah. New England has struggled a little bit. Uh, you know, at Mac Jones, I'm willing to give Mac Jones the benefit of the doubt. Uh, you know, I mean, he came in, he played pretty well as a rookie, uh, and then had a defensive guy as his offensive coordinator last year. Crazy. Is working with his third offensive coordinator in three years this coming year. Uh, yeah, so I'm wondering what's going on with Bill Belichick and Mac Jones behind the scene. But you mentioned before the break that owner Robert Kraft really likes Mac Jones. Yeah. And I don't care what your pedigree is as a head coach. The owner is going to win that battle 99.9% of the time because he signs the paychecks. I'm with you. Um Golly, uh, if you look at the Saints at number 29, I look at all these mock drafts, I haven't seen one consistent thing. Unlike at the top, everybody seems to have believed now that C.J. Stroud will be the Carolina Panther quarterback and Bryce Young will go number two to Houston. Uh, I ask again, Bob Rose at number 29, where do we go with the Saints? Because there's all kind of possibilities out there 
Where do you see them going, and who is that player? Uh, I, I don't know where they're going to go. I, I won't lie. Um, I'd like to see them address defensive line early in the draft. Okay. Uh, I'd like to see them bring in an edge rusher and a big interior body along that defensive line. Uh, it wouldn't. Bob, are you there, big guy? I am. I am. You, what happened? You, Was it on you my were end? Frozen in time. You just you just look like you went through a time machine and got frozen. So uh, I mentioned one mock draft has him taking Brian Breesy from yeah. from Clemson. Uh, there's all kind. Everything's different on on the Saints. Um, anything tell you anything that you're hearing? Are the Saints looking to move up? Is there that guy that they love and they're afraid that somebody just in front of them is going to get them, kind of like the the Patrick Mahomes situation? Do you think that's a possibility? Sure, it's definitely a possibility. Uh, you know, we saw yeah De- Dennis Allen, of course, has worked for Sean Payton all those years, and Mickey Loomis. Uh, you know, and both Payton and Loomis were always very, very aggressive in the first round. Uh, you know, it moved up uh, you know numerous times. Uh, you know, during their sixteen years together. Uh, you know, we saw a lot of movement in the draft from the Saints last year. Dennis Allen's first year in charge. I think that if they move up this year, though, it'll be for a defender. Uh, you know, I, I know we're going to see you know, Jalen Hyatt, Hendon Hooker, other offensive players come in and out on their pre-draft visits. We're going to be hearing rumors. Uh, but I think if the Saints move up, it's going to be for a defensive player, specifically an edge rusher. Uh, yeah, I said before I got frozen and next time I get frozen, I want to go back in time. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, I, I said before before our glitch. Uh, the defensive tackle was very deep. Edge, not so much. So if they see an edge rusher that they like, and I know this brings back PTSD uh, from uh, 2018 and Marcus Davenport, but yeah. if they move up, it'll be for an edge rusher, Jordy. Otherwise, I think they sit pat and let the board come to them. Hard knocks. Um here are the rules. You you can't be on the show if any of these three rules applies to your team. A first-year head coach in place, they have a playoff berth the past two seasons, or they've appeared on Hard Knocks in the past 10 years. With that criteria, there are four teams left in the play. The New York Jets, wouldn't that be something if Aaron Rodgers goes there? The Chicago Bears, the Washington Commanders, and our beloved New Orleans Saints. Now, Sean Payton's no longer around. Would Dennis Allen invite Hard Knocks to come to the Saints? I don't know. Uh, you know, we know Sean Payton was not a big fan of you know, of that extra distraction whatsoever. Uh, I don't think Mickey Loomis is a big fan of it either. Uh a lot of fans don't like the possibility, but I mean, it is more exposure for your favorite team, who you know, whoever gets it. Uh, and you know, remember that. Uh, yeah, and I think Detroit you said was pretty before. good. Yeah, they were. Uh, yeah, and yeah, if Hard Knocks comes to you, you are not allowed to decline the offer. Uh, yeah, that that rule got set in place, I think, four or five years ago by the commissioner's office. I personally think it will ultimately be uh, the New York Jets if Aaron Rodgers ends up going there. Uh, but it, Hard Knocks is an interesting show you know, to watch. You know, it gives you a little bit of a glimpse behind the scene. Obviously, it's all, you know, it, it's all fluffed up because it's reality TV. But again, it gives the Saints uh, or whatever team gets it a little bit extra exposure. And if you are the superstitious uh, kind, and I certainly am, 
I fall back to what you just said, you know, Detroit Lions who were featured last year. They had a pretty, pretty darn good year. Look at some of the characters. You know, you got a new quarterback in Derek Carr. Um, Cam Jordan never shied away from a camera. Demario <laughs> Davis is extroverted galore. Um, I don't know if you can get Michael Thomas to talk a little bit. Uh, Marcus Lattimore, I don't think would shy away. I think that no. I think they'd be pretty interesting. I do too. Uh, you know, and you factor in Tyron Matthew also. Uh, you know, just the the personalities on this team. Uh, you know, Eric McCoy has a nice sense of humor. Uh, you know, and is, is a really well, a real well spoken guy. Uh, you know, obviously with Alvin Kamara's legal situation, the you know, the right. nation's eyes, football you know, nation's eyes are kind of transfixed on the Saints right now. Uh, you know, and. Uh, it's always interesting to get the perspective from the coaches or front office members, if any off the field distractions pop up or what kind of roster decisions get made through the preseason. I think it'd be, I think it'd be interesting. Now I'll be honest as a coach, I wouldn't welcome it. Not whatsoever. I would consider it a distraction as a player. I would probably feel the opposite. I'd welcome in the cameras. I'd open up. I'd be more of a cam Jordan. Uh, But yeah, uh, yeah, Dennis Allen, Dennis Allen has got to be on the hot seat this year. So that's got to be another intriguing angle for hard knocks to take. You know, we just had the men's and women's college basketball tournament. We've got the masters this week. So nobody's really thinking anymore. It's it, after a while, you just get fatigued. And I, I no, I don't hear anybody talking about Lamar Jackson and Aaron Rodgers anymore. I just, I, I mean, the draft is what, three weeks away? Yeah. Um, I guess it's going to happen by that time, I would think. Yeah, I think so, too. I have a feeling the Rodgers trade will probably become official within the week before the draft. Uh, the Lamar Jackson situation is a little bit more interesting. I still don't think he goes anywhere. Uh, you know, ultimately, whatever fences need mending are going to get mending. Uh, but if they don't, uh, you know, and Baltimore moves to maybe uh, so, uh, try to select a quarterback in the first round, that's going to create all kinds of tidal waves through the NFL and through media circles for sure. What happens first? The Saints win another Super Bowl or Sean Payton wins one in Denver? What happens first? Oh, wow. Um, I'm going to – I cover the team, so I got to be a homer here. No, you don't. What does your gut tell you? My – I like this Saints team. I do. Uh, you know, I, I, I think – and it's, it's such a toss-up. I believe that they are – uh, they are right for a Super Bowl before Sean Payton and Denver. I think Payton's going to do great things with the Broncos. I think the Broncos have a fantastic organization, at least historical, uh, historically they do. Uh, so ultimately, I think Denver is going to be you know, fighting for a spot at the top of the heap real soon. But I think the Saints are going to get there first. Am I crazy or am I not? Russell Wilson, comeback player of the year. I really think he will. He has the coach to get him there. He has the offensive weapons. Uh, Peyton is going to put an offensive line in front of him to protect him. If Denver has a shot to go anywhere this year, Russell Wilson needs to become back player of the year. Mm -hmm. I think we saw, you know, Nathaniel Hackett and that whole situation, uh, you know, with the coaching staff for the Broncos last year, that was a hot mess. So, uh, you know, Russell, I'm sure, is very, very uh, anxious to hit the reset button. He's got a, he's got a coach who not only knows what the heck he is doing, uh, but is also going to be fired up to kind of 
he, Sean Payton cemented his legacy in New Orleans. He can further it by leaps and bounds if he has success with a second organization oh, yeah. where he's sort of rebuilding too. So, you know, I, I think that there's a lot of anxiety in Denver, but they, you know, they're definitely trending in the right direction here. Does he have to win another Super Bowl to get to the Hall of Fame, in your opinion? I don't believe so. I believe he's okay. a Hall of Famer now if he never uh, you know, if okay. he never coaches another game. Okay. Uh, but if he wins one or even gets to one with a second organization, that's a short, short list. So yeah, yeah you, you're you're putting yourself in rarefied air then. Hmm. Okay. All right. Um, what? Uh, golly, I, wouldn't you love to be in that Saints war room and look at their look at their board and see uh, who they think is the best player in the draft? Who do you think is the best player? Doesn't matter what position. Doesn't matter needs of a team. Who's the best doggone football player in the draft? Uh, for my money, Robinson, the running back from Texas. Really? Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of players I like in this draft. There's a lot of positions that I like the depth of in this draft. Uh, yeah. And I realize the the position of running back has been a little bit devalued in recent years. Uh, but Robinson just he he looks like that type of player that yeah, he's going to step on the field. He's he could be a fifteen hundred yard rusher as a rookie uh, you know, and transform an entire offense. He just he looks like that player to me. I'm a big fan. His name is escaping me for some reason, but Penn State, the New York Giant running back, is he in that same caliber? Saquon, uh, yeah, yeah, I think he is. Uh, you know, uh, Robinson actually, in my opinion, is a little bit more physical a runner than what Saquon Barkley is. Okay. Uh, but he he also brings that explosive potential. Uh, you know, again, he's going to threaten defenses between the tackles, along the edge, and certainly in the open field. Uh, you know, he just he 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 reeks of uh, difference maker to me. Did you watch LSU women uh, win the national championship? Did you see any of that? I did. Uh, I did. And congratulations uh, to both teams because Iowa had a heck of a run all year long. No too. doubt. No uh, but I'm a big fan of those LSU women. Uh, they are such competitors. You can tell that they are you know, very emotional about each other's success. Uh, yeah, and they play. They they were the better team than Iowa. Iowa might have the best singular player in the nation, uh, but LSU proved that they were the better team, the best team, and that national championship is so well-deserved. Kim Mulkey's the Nick Saban of women's basketball. Yeah. I'm just telling you, she's that good. She's that good. Bob, you're that good. Um, happy <laughs> Easter to you and your beautiful family. Um, have a wonderful, wonderful holiday, and thank you so very much as always. You're the best. My friend, I almost forgot it was Easter. So <laughs> happy Easter to you. Right. Happy Easter to you and your family. And you are the greatest. Thank and you, when my we friend. Need, we need a first down. I'm not looking at Ross Jackson. John. I'm throwing it to Bob Rose. Sure-handed. Move the chains. Passing Thanks, that word friend. along. Take care, buddy. Be good. Bob Rose, Saints News Network, the Black and Gold Report. Back to wrap it all up after this timeout. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. We're brought to you by the great folks at ShopRite Tobacco Plus discount outlets, over 60 of them in southern and central Louisiana. If you can't shop right at ShopRite, you really can't shop right at all. By Ducks, cleaning America's air from the inside out. Eon, the premier touchless robotic laser body contouring device that helps you lose those unwanted inches along with permanent fat reduction. Eon in Lafayette. 
Baton Rouge and Mandeville. By the Louisiana Lottery, so many games to play, but you can't win until you actually start playing. By DC's Little Capital Exxon with their true soul food deli, home of the best cheeseburger you've ever tasted. And by Cajun Chef. Oh, crawfish, right? Good Friday coming up. It's a, it's a tradition. Crawfish, do yourself a flavor. Turn up the taste with Cajun Chef hot sauce. He's been a star on the hardwood and in the broadcast chair. So what's the secret to the Blonde Bomber's success? Easy. Taking time to work on his tan. You look marvelous. Back to more of the tanned and talented Jordy Holtberg on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The perks, they just keep a coming. The LSU women's basketball team and Kim Mulkey will pick up a shift at the original Raising Canes location at LSU's campus Northgates tomorrow, Wednesday at 10.30 a.m. They'll greet the crowd. They'll be, begin their shift, and they'll be serving those chicken finger meals at the front counter and the drive through That'll be fun. That'll be fun. Uh, what a fun show it was. Bob Starkey, thank you for coming on from the LSU Women's Program. Michael Hugan and On3.com. Bob Friend, PGA Golfer, giving us a primer on the Masters. And Bob Rose with the Saints News Network. We are off tomorrow because of Astros baseball. But if today, April 4th, is your birthday, happy birthday from all of us to all of you. You share yours with former LSU Tiger, Big league picture, Lewis Coleman. Oh, a great guy. Happy 37th birthday, Lewis. Hope you're having a great one. Hope it's your best one ever. James Mesh, thank you for all you do. Thanks to all of you for listening in, whatever form or fashion that you do. Radio, internet, television, we thank you. Our partners, we couldn't do it without you. Thank you so very much. Come on back um, next time, Friday. No, yeah, Friday. Thursday, Thursday, I'm sorry, Thursday. Same time, 2 to 4, same great station, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Until then, I'm Jordy Heltberg. Stay thirsty, my friends. Stay healthy. Let's be kind to one another. Be happy. Crunch time with Miguez and Mesh is next. So long, everybody.